Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we're going to continue with our Friday series on covering mysteries of the mind. And today we're going to talk about the scientific... Uh, proof that uh, prayer is uh, efficacious, it works, and uh, Doug is also going to be bringing in some stuff on the uh, DIA, CIA mind control, and let's just put it this way, folks, this is the future of warfare. Oh yeah, I'm not saying we won't nuke each other, I'm just saying this is where things are headed. Eventually we'll have wars of the minds rather than the bullets. So, uh, this is the uh, version of the Doug and Dave Intel Report. We are brought to you by something you better pay attention to because the train settlement agreement I told you wasn't going to work. It didn't work. A month later, it's derailed. Nice job, Biden. And with escalating diesel prices, there'll be more and more truckers out of business. Now, freight and rail. 62% of all food and agriculture in this country are transferred by freight and rail. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in trouble. That's why you need to get your storable food. You need to get it now. Go to My Patriot Supply at preparewithdave.com. 25-year shelf life. Tastes just fine. Lots of diversity in the food. 2,000 calories per day. Haven't raised their prices, and they have a sale. Go to preparewithdave.com. Please do this for your own good. Uh, the Mike Lindell people are still making those special deals available to you on my pillow, and uh, they should. Why? Because Mike and I think alike. We know the election was stolen. We are election deniers, but the other side are reality deniers. But we're not product deniers. They have some of the best sleepwear that you can find. In fact, I think it is the best sleepwear that you can find. Everything is marked down half price, two for one, and sometimes even better. Go to mystore.com. Okay, and the coupon code on that, the term that you would put in would be Hodges. My last name, H-O-D-G-E-S. That's right. And we're also brought to you by Noble Gold. Uh, have you had enough of the bad economy? Well, gold is going to be the inflation. Robert Kiyosaki, I heard him today. Heard a bunch of other economists today saying the same thing. Guess what, boys and girls? There's trouble in River City. The dollar is starting to falter. Even though the other currencies are in more trouble than we are, the dollar is faltering. Gold and silver is where it's at. And by the way, Noble Gold has really launched into silver because silver is the metal of the new Green Deal. And so right now, until we can defeat them, you may as well join them, make a lot of money. And they convert your IRAs and 401ks to solvent entities. So if your bank fails, yours survives. They have so much good stuff. Go to goldbeforelate.com, and they'll send you a free information packet, goldbeforelate.com. If you have a nest egg to protect, you owe it to yourself right now to look into this, goldbeforelate.com. Well, I think we better pray before it's too late. I don't know if God has a .com, but I will tell you, he has a repository of judgments that he's throwing down on this planet because we're being ruled by bad people. But in the midst of the evil, there is good. And we're going to talk about some of that, and we're going to also countermand it with uh, some evil. Doug, the mysteries of the mind. You know, um, when the old show Star Trek was on, they said, uh, space, the final frontier. That is not the final frontier. 
The final frontier is our consciousness. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, is that they use their consciousness to obtain certain areas of space that we just can't. Um, from my studies so far getting into this, uh, and once again, if you if you want to study along with us, you need to learn Operation Grill Flame and Stargate. Now, these operations had to do with the psychic spies and the psychic warfare, the, the psi wars. Uh, but they were used for much more than just spying. They actually went into uh, certain areas where they tried to do spontaneous healing with uh, mental uh, powers. And I'm, I'm currently listening to a, a Annie Jacobson book called Phenomena that actually goes over all this. She does an excellent job of uh, documenting all these different projects. And, you know, here's the thing that I've also noticed with a lot of this is they get into a little bit of shamanism. They get into Eastern uh, religions like yogis. And the other part is the uh, subsequently the rampant amount of drug use that was funded by the CIA, by the DIA. The Army really said that it didn't want to waste money on uh, drugging their people and letting them go on mind-bending op- uh, operations, but they ended up doing it anyways to a tune of $20 million. Um, Dave, you know, when they would do their ESPs, or also known as like their clairvoyance remote viewing, which clairvoyance once again let's break down the actual terminology of this is the ability to use extrasensory perception to see or sense or feel a far distance object person or place Uh, you can go in any direction that you want with it but that was the government's definition at the time um they used they used it to find all different types of weird things missing people moles in the cia missing planes um the the first ever uh was a typhoon class submarine but they also use it to try and to locate a ufo that had crashed did you know about that i do yeah that that is the uh the tunguska event and also the rendlesham ufo incident so we have been using this uh paranormal capability paranormal meaning extrasensory capability um since the 40s do you think they ever stopped? No. You know, originally they moved all this stuff to Fort Meade, Maryland. And it was very poorly uh, funded until they started to be more accurate than what the government wanted them to be. And when eventually they became, uh, I think it was 80% accurate with, uh, what is it, Section G, I believe, was the, uh, the group that was the uh, guys that were really honed in on their skill. They started to use them for all different types of clandestine operations for spying, not just on our enemies, but also on our allies and upon our own selves. Uh, so, you know, I, I got a, a plethora of knowledge in that one, and uh, I'd like to hear where you're going tonight. Well, I wanted to talk about the power of prayer. And sometimes people confuse mass consciousness with the power of prayer. And I want to delineate between the two, although there's certainly a huge crossover. So we're going to cover that as well tonight. And I'm of the belief, Doug, that, you know, you and I do the geopolitical and we're both kind of fighters, um, you know, in terms of uh, not laying down, taking our beating, fighting back, resisting tyranny, resisting evil. But I'm of the opinion now the only way that we can defeat the bad guys is by invoking the power of Jesus Christ and, and the Holy Spirit. And that is why I've looked into the power of prayer. But I think it's also important that we take a look at the nature of our consciousness. Because a lot of people like to liken the consciousness to a 3D computer, and that's incorrect. It's more like a hologram. Our consciousness, and there's really strong evidence for this now when you use the quantum theory, that our consciousness is actually multidimensional. And uh, once you begin to look at the brain like this, then it becomes easier to understand things like ESP and clairvoyance. Well, it 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 does, but you got to look at the. And once again, I look at the dark side of all this. Um, I know, you know, I know you do. How 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 bad it went? Uh, be, because I I think there's a way to use things positively. Uh, 
Um, and I think there's the complete opposite of how wrong we got it and the wrong way to go. Um, you know, with the power of prayer and discernment, I think these are things that only Christians can uh, acknowledge that only Christians should be able to tap into. Um, but there are other people who have this innate ability that are not Christians to tap into something. And in my mind, I always call that demonic. Uh, I know you and I have had our uh, disagreements on that. But in, in my mind, that's that's the way I view it because that's the way it seems to have been uh, pregenerated. And the way I say that it was pregenerated is because it came about through um, extensive use of abuse of drugs. I mean, they abuse drugs. And once again, we're talking about pharmacia. Some of the things that the Bible says do not dabble in. Well, you know, these agencies, and to, to include China and the Soviet Union, dabbled to the extent, Dave, that we really don't know how deep, but we know that LSD was used uh, to poison its own CIA employees, and even one of their top guys even committed suicide two days after being given a, a dose of LSD and some liquor. Uh, do you think there is a drug that we've created now that once you take it, you can slip into a state of metaphorical uh, euphoria, but also to um, allow yourself to slip into that subconscious where things can happen on a realm that you're not supposed to be on? Yeah, I think uh, astral projection is one of those things, and that's not a drug, but that comes to mind when you said it. Um, and I do agree that a lot of the brain can be manipulated by drugs. How holistic and complete that process is, I, I think for people like you and I who are not on the inside of the laboratories, it's difficult to say. I mean, we can take what we know about the brain and consciousness. We can take what we know about declassified documents. And we can try to connect the dots. But that's about as close as we can come. I would say this, too, about these powers. And I don't know that we have a disagreement. I think we're looking at the same image from a different angle. You might be looking at the head side of the coin, and I'm looking at the tails. But I think it's like a gun. A gun can be used for terribly destructive purposes, or a gun can be used for self-preservation in terms of hunting, securing food, self-protection, legitimate self-protection, and so forth. So I think it's all in the eyes of the beholder. And I would always say to people, too, before you condemn these practices, alchemy, ESP, so forth, realize that Jesus turned bread into stone. And he said, this I do, and you can do more. He turned water into wine. And so when you look at that, when you have the uh, Lord, our Savior, doing this, I, I, he, he's encouraged us by saying, this I do and you can do more. He's encouraged us to follow in his footsteps. But like a gun, it's how you use the power. So that's how well, I choose to look at it. And, you know, with Jesus turning stone into bread, turning water into wine, feeding the masses of millions, uh, you know, through the power of prayer and teaching people this ability, you know, we have to remember that it is exclusively through the belief of Christ and the belief in God that these things are obtained. But if you don't have that belief, then people go the other route. You know, I mean, there was a point in time, I think it was in the 70s, uh, maybe the 80s, where the CIA had actually had a up-and-coming young doctor, a scientist, who was sent on multiple different trips into a, a valley in Mexico to find a certain type of fungus or mushroom that grew there. They call, I think they call it God's Hand. Or no, it was God's flesh. They called it God's flesh. And you would consume this, and you would go on a out-of-body experience where you could talk to entities and aliens and come up with all this uh, crazy amounts of knowledge and unlocking the mind. And where that may seem beneficial, 
it is definitely not the way that our Lord told us to go about it, which I think is is the reason why it's good to, to talk about both paths. There is a, a path of light of doing things through the belief in Christ in faith and then the other side. And our government never went the faith route, not to the extent at all from anything that I've gathered yet where they were trying to invoke the power of prayer uh, in a military fashion or in a, uh, a spy-style fashion. They distinctly went the complete <laughs> opposite side of the spectrum uh, where they were using people who had their spirit guides, out-of-body experiences, uh, people that were traveling to uh, the moon and to Mars and to Saturn. Now, the thing about that, and I'll let you get onto this because I know you know a little bit about it, is I think it was Subject Zero One, uh, Mick Monagle, where he was able, from what he states, to... We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at thecommonsenseshow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at thecommonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time travel to mars and he readily identified where certain structures were on mars where nobody had a, a a civilian didn't have the ability to get in a satellite or excuse me i say a telescope and really look at these certain areas yet that technology wasn't there yet but yet he accurately described where certain places were. He accurately described a certain place that was on Saturn. Um, how does this guy do this? What's your take on it? Well, kind of like I've said on our TV show, the, um, the work that I've done on this is the belief is in the quantum field. Now, that wasn't Carl Jung's term because quantum physics wasn't around then, but he developed the concept of the collective unconscious. It's kind of like the old card catalog index of the universe or an IP address for a computer. Every event, every person, every object, every space has an identifier. 
And you can quantify that any way that you want, but it gives you a reference point for starting. So typically in your remote viewing, and I'm talking about the technical remote viewing, TRV, that was done in Project Stargate uh, with uh, McGonagall at Dames and so forth, what they would do is they would give you two four-digit codes. That's your beacon for the signal. And let's say they had a target inside a manila envelope that's closed, and you're supposed to figure out through remote viewing what that object is. So on the outside, they'd write the two four-digit code. Then you'd go through a progression of sense impressions. No thinking allowed. First reaction only, because the thinking is is that you have a personal unconscious to where if you go back to your elementary school, you'll start remembering things that happened in the second or first grade. Well, then there's the collective unconscious, which is the stored memory of everybody for all of history. Past, present, future, everything occurs in the fifth dimension, which is outside space and time. And as I said, here we're in the quantum field. Now, this is the theory of this. Now, what we end up looking at here is, is this, is that you have a set of protocols to go through, and you have a pencil. And you go down these protocols, and you trace the list. And so they'll have, like, geographic descriptors, colors, uh, shapes, uh, people, races. I mean, everything that you can think of is there. And it takes you a good 10 to 15 minutes of going down, no thinking allowed. And when you get a hit, you just get this feeling. But you check it. You check it. You check it. You skip it. You skip it. You skip it. You check it. And then when you're done, you look at it and say, okay, what kind of elements do I have here? Now you get to say, okay, here's a freehand sketch. Where does the blue and wavy go? Okay, it goes here. And then you would pull it to wherever you want to do. And you construct an image. Now, this takes practice. This is an advanced skill, but it's based on first sense impressions, knowing that you're honed into the signal. And it's an actual signal that comes out of the fifth dimension. And this is some things that have actually been researched with brain physiology, with the brain doing remote viewing. And they have found that the brain entrains at that level on those two four-digit codes. So you go to that and you look and say, okay, now you get to analyze. When you have your freehand sketch, you get to analyze what it is. Now, this is where the skill really comes in. This is what's hard to do. The first couple times I did this, I had a big hit. The image in the envelope with the two four-digit code was a tornado over a farm and there was barbed wire fence, the roof had come off. Well, I had freehand sketched all of that, but I didn't quite get the fact that it was a tornado, even though I looked at it and there was a funnel, stupid me didn't get it. And that's where it takes the practice. But then you can remote view, and you can say, okay, that's what it is. Now, you can set it up to do time. You said they use this to find informants, you know, snitches, spies within the CIA. You could do the same thing for people, personalities. Uh, there are symbols for death. If someone's dead, they'll show up in a certain way on your remote viewing. So, uh, But it's all signal-based, Doug. That's the thing I want to say. And it's extra-dimensional. It's outside our three dimensions. Hmm. Well, see, for me, in, in, in my mind, and the way that I, I work these things, because once again, I, I have a military mind whenever I think of these things. I I always tend to go, how can we use this? How can we employ it? Um, how can I turn it into a weapon? And obviously, we, we me and you have been talking about Project Stargate for probably weeks now. Um, you know, Colonel John Alexander, who served in the Special Forces in Vietnam, he tried for decades to get the U.S. to uh, pursue remote viewing as a possibility um, and when it, they finally won the entire thing and won them over, that's when we got this $20 million uh, budget during the Cold War. But the U.S. wasn't the only ones to do stuff like this. And one of the things that I, I think we, we failed to mention is that there's some runners-up uh, to this, and that would be some of the um, magicians that were actually employed by the U.S. government. And to go back in time, let's have a fun history lesson here. Um, there was a man named Gene Eugene Robert Houdin who put down a revolt, I believe it was in Africa. 
Now, Gene Eugene Robert Houdin was the guy that Harry Houdini, or otherwise actually known as Eric Wise, uh, idolized and made his stage name over. And he was inspired by this man. Now, um, in 1856, Napoleon III actually had a summons for Robert Houdin, and he sent him to French Algeria to, uh, to serve his country by stopping a result, a revolt that was happening by using magic tricks. And it turns out that when he went to Algeria, there was this uh, pack of wizards that was traveling around the country called the Marabouts. And they were using all these flashy displays of uh, theatrics to influence the general population and sway them. And whenever Robert Houdin got there, sent by Napoleon III, and they call this man the French Wizard, he did street-level magic tricks and was able to stop the revolution of Algeria and was able to keep it for the French in their occupation. So, you know, there, and, and he was a, just an illusionist, by the way, but it gets a little deeper than that. Britain actually had, at one point in time, what you would call a search for a psychic defense weapon. In 2002, the Ministry of Defense had actually conducted a study to determine whether or not its soldiers could be trained to become psychics. Sound familiar, Dave? Mm -hmm. The goal was to have psychic soldiers who could find weapons of mass destruction or even high-value terrorists. And this was the ministry's actual uh, opportunity after the 9-11 attack to then try and hire real psychics to participate in these tests. And many of them turned out to be frauds. Uh, and after they turned out to be frauds, many of them declined any of the further uh, training. But a few of them made it through. However, the few that were made it through are completely classified. You are not going to find any information about it. Now, that was in 2002. Think of where we're at now. Well, I think you make some good points there. I really do. The um, God part of the brain that was identified in 2008 by DHS and supposed accompanying research. Um, some of that's hokey, but I think the hokiness is to ward off the leaks that would occur. In other words, make it look sillier than it is, but it's really, you're onto something, but you're covering it up by sloppiness. And I believe yeah. that's what they were doing. And they found ostensibly the God part of the brain. I don't know so much it's the guard part of the brain. I think they found the element that's the guardian of the soul. And this is something that I've had discussions with Vance Davis on, who was very deeply involved in this with NATO and the NSA back in the late 80s. And as he was taught, and this is something right out of Genesis 6 we've talked about before on TV, that there was a war in the cosmos, the bad guys lost, fallen angels cast here to Earth. That was part of his NSA training. They didn't call it fallen angels, but effectively that's what it is. They said alien DNA, same thing. And and so what we have here was the plan for the part of the devil and his followers was to wreck humanity because it was God's prized creation. So the way that you do that is to destroy the soul. They weren't able to penetrate the soul. And as I've told you before, um, this is where transhumanism was born. And Vance was describing this in a book he wrote called Unbroken Promises. And he wrote the book in 1989, long before the term transhumanism was ever used. And he said, if they can't destroy the soul, then they're going to morph the human being to not being a human being. Like receptacles that meld with mind and machine to live forever you know the first step on that obviously was google glass so when i look at back at this i think the dhs um it actually even put this on youtube i was surprised but uh i think dhs revelation on that was pretty much accurate and i think that they were actually thinking they could control the entry point to the soul and complete their satanic mission to destroy the soul but i think they found out they can't 
And this is why transhumanism has moved full speed ahead. And I think that the vaccines, the destruction of our mRNA, our, our genes, uh, all these things that are happening to us as a result of post-vaccine inoculation, I think is by on purpose. I, I think they're trying to morph the human being into not being a human being as revenge against God. Well, and, you know, I think it is all a quest to try and to outdo God. Um, and the U.S. military is complicit in it. Absolutely complicit in it now. Um, there was actually a judicial watch, uh, report that was issued that revealed, God, when was it? 2014? Uh, that the United States Air Force's Academy down in San Antonio <laughs> was using tithes and offerings to support witchcraft called Chapel Ties and Offering Fund to pay for cadets to participate in worship services marked by witchcraft, the fairy magic and voodoo. According to the Watchdog Group, the records show that the Academy um, shelled out more than, uh, uh, God, I think it was a couple hundred thousand dollars into this. Uh, and they actually sent their cadets to a Wicca festival wiccan wicca however they call it and a denver witches ball in 2014 and the group called spiritual programs and religious education was hosted at the events at the air force academy cadet chapel falcon circle on the academy campus um you know right now the u.s government is back into pre-60s and 70s mode with this whole witchcraft, uh, psychic stuff. Okay, Delving into places that are dark that we shouldn't be going to. And, well, Doug, let, you know, let me interrupt one thing and then I want you to go on. But um, I agree we shouldn't be there. But you have to understand, we've been overtaken by the Democratic Party, chosen by the World Economic Forum and the other globalists to basically lead the American, American to destruction and Absolutely. destroy our country. And they are satanic. They took God out of their party platform years ago. So the satanic aspect of this should not be surprising. And as I said, it's kind of like the neutral use of a gun. You can use it for good. You can use it for bad. They're taking these powers that are universally available in attempting to use them for bad and manifesting it through witchcraft. That's why God commands us not to do Ouija boards and worship ball and all this other crap. Uh, but the power of prayer is very much based on this same power. And is after you finish your statement, I think I should probably explain a little bit about the power of prayer. Yeah, well, so just to, to wrap this up, the U.S. government, along with, let's say, the U.S. military, the Pentagon, has completely omitted Christian beliefs. They have attacked traditional Christian beliefs for years. Uh, they're trying to replace it with anything but Jesus. I remember when I was in on your dog tags, you could say, you know, you were a Catholic, you were, uh, you know, whatever type of religion you were. And then someone put uh, Jedi, you know, like from Star Wars as like some sort of a joke. Uh, but now it turns out Jedi is its own religious belief. All right. Anything that is not for Christ is against Christ. I want to say that really, really carefully. That includes Wicca, witchcraft, fairy magic, Druidism, heathenism, Native American. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. American traditions, Buddhism, African Orshas, and goddess spirituality like worshiping Mother Earth. All right. So anything that has to do with this boils down to these practices are paganistic and they're witchcraft. And... The U.S. government, I believe, is now on the verge where they and, – and you talk about 
wanting to have super soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. Go the route of super soldiers. We can't create the serum to make men into Captain America and the Winter Soldier. But if we teach them to harness the spirituality, not the spirit of Christ, but the spirituality that is out there, then we could have people demonically possessed, demonically empowered, demonically influenced. And then on that part, we can have a new form of super soldiers. And, you know, Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch, he uh, he did a pretty good job of uh, writing all, about all this. But the Bible speaks of this frequently, frequently, you know. Uh, thank God there is a remnant of praying people. Thank God there there are at at more than uh, you know seven thousand people who have at a drop of a knee to ball, which is First Kings nineteen eighteen. You know, thank God that witchcraft must bow to the name of Jesus, which is Romans fourteen eleven. You know, and all I want to say is this: is that God is coming back. We are going to be the, the glorious bride that is going to be without spot or without wrinkle or without blemish. So we're going to be holy and blameless, which is Ephesians 5.27. Right? And anything that tries to take you out of that, tries to take you out of that mindset, tries to take you out of, um, you know, let's say delving into things that you shouldn't because it's cool or it could give you powers or whatever or, or a pay grade increase. Um, if it tries to take you out of Christ, it's antichrist, and that is within itself being weaponized. I'll turn it back to no, you. No, you're absolutely right. I totally agree with everything you're saying. So um, I think we're much more in agreement on this than, than we realize. But l- let me give you the two sides of the coin. Dave, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Um, um, excuse me, I have my cough button on because I'm still getting over the crud and I was nice enough to bring it home to my family from the airplane. Anyway, sorry family. Um, here's, here's two aspects of this power. Number one, there's the secular application and I'm going to use a real famous example. And then there's the religious and I'm going to cite, well, it's been approximately 17 pretty well done studies. Okay, and I'll have to give a caveat on the studies at the end, but but they do point into a direction curve. Okay, there was the case of Art Bell. There was at one time a massive, massive famine going on in Texas. And I don't remember the year, but it, this is when he was still the regular host on Coast to Coast. And I'm, I remember I'm driving, and it's late night, because Art Bell show, and I'm driving between Phoenix and Denver, and going to visit family, and so I had art on, and I was able to get it from different city. I'd pick it up in one city, pick it up in the other city, and uh, it was a fascinating show. But he said, I believe in mass consciousness. And he said, what we're going to do here now is we're all going to focus on the same thing for two minutes. And I don't think I've ever heard a major radio show do two minutes of radio silence, but they did. And Art explained how he wanted you to visualize it. He said, visualize that the rain will come to these people and all their water needs will be fulfilled. Okay, now they had there was no indication there was going to be rain in the forecast. None. Bone dry was the forecast. Cattle were dying by the millions. And so Art does this experiment. The next day, all hell broke loose. Massive floods throughout Texas. It was absolutely astonishing. He came back on the air a couple of days later because I had to say, well, how's he going to explain this? And he came back on the air and says, I opened up Pandora's box and I will never go there again. And he, true to his word, he never did another mass consciousness experiment. That's the secular view. This is people thinking in unison together in mass to change a physical reality. And the only way you can do that is to get outside the three dimensions because as you go dimension four, five, six, and as Michio Kaku says, you have 26 different dimensions he calls string theory. And as you go up the dimensional levels, each dimension gets more powerful. And it can basically overwrite lower dimensions. 
And this is probably the good explanation for what happened in Art's experiment. Now, let's talk about the power of prayer for a second. I'm just going to give you a hypothetical example of this, and I'm going to go through and talk about uh, what the research told us. And then I'll talk about what we can prove and what's a direction trend curve. Uh, imagine if you had two hospitals. Let's say one's in Houston and one's in San Francisco. And they're heart attack patients, and they're going to die, and they have a prognosis of six months life expectancy on average. So that's your aggregate average. And so what they would do is in a third location, let's say that's in Denver, they'd bring in people to pray. And the only thing that people were told was, here's the first name of the person and what their condition was. And they were instructed as a group to pray in mass for each person on the list. And they would move down the list and pray one person at a time. Now, let's say they did that in Houston. So that makes that group what we call in the scientific method the experimental group. Now, you have to have a control group so you can measure the effectiveness of what you're doing under identical conditions. So the control group would be the hospital in San Francisco where nobody is being prayed for. And you have no names, no conditions, nothing, but it's just there. And you're going to use this as a basis of comparison. So after praying, they found that the people that were prayed for, and the first time they did this experiment, had over a 50% longer than average expected lifespan. But in the control group, the people died pretty much as expected. On average, is about their prognosis. And they go, whoa, there, there's, this is pretty cool. There's really something to this. And so they repeated the experiment to the best of my knowledge. And I haven't done the most extensive research on this, but I believe there were 17 total studies. Now, I need to explain a little bit of stat here, and I'm going to keep it simple. Remember, I used to teach this to incoming freshmen and even to graduate students. So I learned how to make this simple, particularly for the incoming freshmen. So here's how you look at this. When you have your research data, you run a statistical test, and it tells you what the odds of probabilities are that your research is due to chance or real relationship, real association. And in in science, you don't prove anything is true. You, You show probabilities based on statistical comparisons. So what you want to see in good research is you want your figure... Uh, your your level of significance, they call it, to work out to be 0.05, which means your research had a 5% chance or less of being due to luck as opposed to being due to what it is you're measuring between your independent and dependent variable. And, and so what they got here on the level of significance for these studies was about 0.12. Now, 0.10 is generally considered to be the minimal level that you want to accept, and 0.05 is ideal. Well, they were just over the minimal. So what we see here in the research on prayer, prayer from a distance designed to affect physical health, we see a distinctive trend curve that's worthy of further research. But here's the catch, Doug. This is where I have to leave the uh, the realm of the spiritual and go to the realistic. This research could easily be duplicated across the country over and over and over again. You could have a thousand studies by the end of the year if you wanted to fund it and you were the government or you were big pharma and you wanted to find out medically, gee, could we use this? But here's the problem. This is free. You don't get to sell this. You don't get to patent this. And so Big Pharma, who funds most of your medical research in university laboratories, doesn't make any money. They don't want to do it. The government doesn't make any money. They can't really control it. And my God, we don't want to let people have this power because they might be able to pray us out of existence and out of office. So they don't want to fund it. So this is why these studies are far and few between But I'm telling you, the trend curve is there, and I'm absolutely 100% convinced that people in mass, and even individually, but in mass is much more effective, and the data shows us that, that people can pray for physical events to change. And we call that miracles, and here's how I define the word miracle. A miracle is science not yet understood. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, you know, in the uh, in the Old Testament, 
who was it? I think it was uh it was a Sumerian general who had um a a horrible uh, skin disease. I think it was leprosy. And he went to I believe it was the prophet Nehemiah. And uh Nehemiah told him to go and to wash himself seven times in the river Jordan. So, you know, go and dunk yourself seven times and uh, the general came with, you know, bukus of treasure and clothes and gifts uh, for the king of Israel at that point in time. But Nehemiah told him what to go do, and uh, the general got furious over it. He's like, I can't believe I just gave all my wealth to be cured so that I can hug my wife and child. And this man tells me to go duck myself on a river seven times. I could have done that in any river in the area of my land with the God that I pray to. So reluctantly, he goes to the River Jordan, dunks himself seven times, and comes out clean. Clean. No more leprosy. Um, you can go into any river in the world right now and dunk yourself seven times and potentially come out uh, filthier than you did going in. And I believe it's not so much what was in the water. It was the act within the self uh, of you know the faith. That heals. Um, in the New Testament, we have the apostles who are going around and they're healing the blind and the lame and the lepers uh, and doing these things in Jesus' name. So, and I don't think there's a placebo. Uh, I don't think there's a placebo response uh, that could be measured or influenced by people that can um, replicate what the actual power of prayer can do. Now, there in we have to talk about other cases here, but there are different types of powers of prayer. Uh, meditation is also considered to be prayer, uh, and meditation has been shown to result in physiological and biological changes, uh, potentially associated with an improved health. Okay, uh, Meditation, I think, isn't so much as... And it's used by the Eastern um, religions, like yogiism, uh, Buddhists do it. But I think if you meditate on the power of prayer, um, it can replicate the same thing. That's just me speculating. Uh, but it, it's been clinically produced and clinically uh, monitored to produce significant reduction in uh, ambulatory blood pressure, reducing heart rate. Uh, cardiorespiratory synchronizations, it alters levels of melatonin and serotonin. It's been known to suppress the uh, CGN levels. It's been known to, um, to boost uh, immune response to decrease levels of uh, overreactive oxygen in certain species, um, especially with the, the ultra-weak photon emissions test. Um, they were able to reduce stress and promote positive mood states. Reduce anxiety and pain and enhance uh, self-esteem. So, uh, you know, the ability to reverse depression, also to uh, reduce inflammation. Um, and, you know, I think one of the I think I think the human body has the innate ability to self-heal. Um, obviously, we do because you, if you get cut, you know, your body can coagulate and then stop the blood. And, um, you know, start the healing process through the, uh, through the, the epidermis. However, I think the body, Dave, through the power of the mind, does have the body to, um, how would you say this, to heal. And it is a miraculous thing that God gave us. And that's where I want to hone this, on. This I do and you can do more. That's right. God gave us in the garden. God gave us a body that was never supposed to have aged. We were never supposed to have died until we, uh, our, our, you know, forefather, uh, Adam and, and mother, uh, Eve decided to partake of sin. And that's when the degradation began. But I think, you know, the closer you get to Christ, uh, it, the closer you try to walk in that way, you do have the power that he talks about and he doesn't really you know jesus doesn't really talk about it as like a, a superman power it's kind of like a, you know when jesus talks about it with the uh, the apostles he's like 
yeah, man, you can do this. I can do this. We all can do this. But if you do it in my name, it works. There you go. If you do it in Ball's name, it might work for a little bit, but then the repercussions come. If you do it through all these other different false entities and false gods, um, it may or may not work. And then you know what man says? Well, the gods are being mischievous again, and they're just playing tricks on me. Well, I, I think, I think you know, you have the ability to sit down and clear your mind. You can create a positive mood. You can create what people would call positive spiritual health. You can have spiritual experiences, the out-of-body experiences. You can have a tolerance to pain that can be yeah, higher. Well, you know what you're talking about. You're talking about frequency here. The brain has the ability to self-heal on a frequency level. In fact, actually, I interviewed Dr. Sherry Edwards on this a lot. And she's uh, harnessed into this power. It's called bioacoustic analysis. And yeah. and she can take a vocal print and tell you what's wrong with your health. And she's done it with me. She picked up on things that I had as a child and outgrew. And it's amazing, but it's frequency-based. And it's just like, you know, think about music. If you're in a, mu- if you're in a theater... Uh, composers and movie uh, filmmakers learned this a long time ago. If you play dark, suspicious, uh, really ominous music, you get someone apprehensive. And then you can play light and happy music, and it's frequency. It's how the frequency affects the brain, and the brain acts as a conducive agent to stimulate healing. It's that simple. There's something else you said I wanted to address, too, and you talked about placebo. Back to my prayer experiment I was telling you about. The reason that the people in San Francisco General didn't get prayed for is because if people think that they're taking something or they're engaged in something, it's going to cause improvement. It does. It's mind over matter. So you have to eliminate that placebo effect so the people in the patients in San Francisco General could not know they're being prayed for. Uh, otherwise, it would affect your experiment. That's why you have to do what they call a double-blind study, where you have an experimental group that has the treatment and a control group that doesn't get the treatment, and no one knows what group they're in. In fact, when they do pill research, they have uh, pills they give to both groups, but one is the real deal and the other is the placebo, and the researchers in the protocol of the experiment aren't even allowed to know which one, so they can't accidentally, by body language, tip it off. So placebo is a real effect, and it ties right into this power. And something else you said that was really perceptive that I think the audience could benefit from knowing, whether it's guided imagery. In fact, I was actually part of an experiment at my university where they did a study on free throw shooting. And they wanted to know, can the mind, rehearsing a mind action mentally, can it improve a physical skill? And this is before the era of sports psychology. Now, every professional basketball team and most of your major colleges have sports psychologists that use what they call guided imagery, and that's what I'm going to describe. So what they did in this experiment, Doug, was really interesting. They would have someone come in, and they do a baseline of their free throw makes out of so many and wait 30 days and measure them again, and they were told not to practice. Okay, there's your control group. And then they had the experimental group where they would come in and they would practice in phase one and they'd practice so many five days a week and they'd come back and of course the practice group improved a lot more than the control group. Then they did an interesting twist. They added guided imagery and they had people before they shoot engage in a form of, well, it's like self-hypnosis. And they'd be guided through a process. This is how you shoot the ball, see the backspin on the ball, the ball hits the rim and goes in, and then they'd actually practice. So they combined the two things, and that produced the very best results. So what they said is, oh my gosh, mentally rehearsing things causes you to improve. So they did a last phase of the experiment. They mentally rehearsed without practicing the free throws. So they had the control group versus the mental rehearsal group, and the mental rehearsal group kicked their butt at the end of 30 days, even though they never touched a basketball. And then they compared practice versus mental rehearsal, and the practice won out by not very much. So what they said is, we should be doing both, and that was the beginning of the field of sports psychology. And what the purpose is for our discussion here, this is mind over matter. Well, you know, that reminds me of a dry fire. In the military and in law enforcement, you know, and every civilian who owns a gun should be doing this dry firing without bullets, 
by the way, um, you know, it, it's just this simple act of repetition. Uh, you know, I remember when I was playing basketball, my dad played semi-pro basketball back in like the, what, freaking 60s. Um, and I remember him telling me, visualize the shot, visualize the shot, mm-hmm. you know, never even dribbling, but going through the motions and, uh, you know, acting like you're dribbling and then getting in the stance, making sure your hands are where they're supposed to be on the ball and then following through with the shot. And actually staring and imagining that the ball is going into the hoop. And I, I sucked horribly at, uh, at basketball. I was very good at football. Tackling was not exactly allowed in basketball, so I gave that up. Uh, but I, uh, I, I do know that whenever I do play a round of basketball with friends here or there, uh, not only do my knees hurt way worse now, but if I slow down and visualize taking my time and visualize shooting instead of just, you know, shooting offhand or, or you know, just uh, reflexive shooting, uh, I typically am pretty successful. Uh, but reflexive shooting wise, you know, like anything besides a dang layup, I can't make it. I'm just not that talented. But you could, if you had me, it, it, <laughs> teaching you know my nickname seriously when i was coaching um i used to go around uh camps like ucla indiana uh university of colorado and i was brought in to teach shooting and one of the things i did was what i'm talking to you about we did visual imagery with shooting before we ever picked up a basketball because i, I found just... that shortened the learning curve because the mind can't tell the difference between imagination and reality and this, that's this right. goes back and, and we're kind of running short on time. And that's why I want to take that one single point. Imagination and reality blend together in the power of prayer in the spiritual realm. And that's where you harness the power of God that's beyond our three dimensions. And this is why I said at the very beginning of the show, our brains are more like um, a, a quantum uh, element than it is uh, a three-dimensional computer element and this is what we harness we harness the power of god when we pray when we pray together it doesn't have to be word for word but the general intention is what i'm talking about then you have almost miraculous results and this is what i want to leave people with and i'd like you to react to this in the closing couple of minutes we have we have about a minute left um the only way that we're going to win this battle with these evil people in charge of our government coming into our classrooms, teaching our kids uh, in first grade about oral sex and having drag queens and all this crazy nonsense, perverted, satanic crap. The only way we're going to overcome all this is through the power of prayer. we got to turn it over to Jesus. Well- that's that's absolutely right. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, and powers of the air. And, you know... It, it is just, it, it is reflexive shooting at that point in time. Whenever these things start to happen, when you start to feel the sickness, you start to get the sniffles, your finances, you start to get anxiety, you need to immediately turn to prayer. You don't need to turn to whiskey or cigarettes yeah, or cursing. You know, you, you need to turn to the power of prayer. It is the only real rated improvement in your life. Yeah. That you can successfully harness. Jesus, come quickly. Tell people where they can listen to your individual show, American Vindicta, which is incredible. You do an amazing job bringing together historical concepts. Well, thank you, Dave. Uh, one more strike and you won't be able to listen to us on YouTube. <laughs> um, I think I have another week to go before YouTube uh, takes baby out of the corner. But you can find me on Rumble. That's where I'm posting everything currently. Uh, Spreaker has now sent me to a bunch of different places. I am on Amazon. All right. So if you have All Amazon right. Music, you can go onto your Amazon Music and you can look at podcasts and the American Vindicta show is on it. Uh, gsradio.net and also Heroes Nation. And of course, we have to say it, thecommonsenseshow.com and .tv. You know what, Dave? Let's end it like this. They're eventually going to shut us all down. Eventually. But we'll still be on the TV. So. Well, not only the TV, we'll also be in contact with God. They can't take away the spiritual right. beacon. That's the signal that they can't censor. Hey, thanks so much for this. This was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you didn't mind us going off the beaten path of geopolitics. But I think we needed to hear this message. And we'll see you all back here next time. God bless everybody.
We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.